South Africa spends billions on its intelligence services, but more and more questions are being raised about the quality of intelligence being gathered. We speak to Diane Kula-Bodnot of the Democratic Alliance. She sits on the Joint Standing Committee on Intelligence. Welcome, Diane. Glad to you. Diane, I know you've signed secret, I know you've signed the Official Secrets Act many times, and there are many things you can't talk about, but please tell us. If there were a revolution tomorrow, would the intelligence services know or would they have to go on X and follow it? Well, I think if we can go by what happened in relation not only to the July riots two years ago, uh, but also the burning of the trucks in KwaZulu-Natal, Mpumalanga, I think there were at least three three provinces involved. Um, And that happened in July and they hadn't a clue. So I have very little belief. Uh, I, I just can't understand how it's happened, but I do not believe that, that there is any working together of the three intelligence agencies in terms of determining something like that. And the State Security Agency is supposed to keep us safe. Uh, crime intelligence under the SAPs is supposed to fight off uh, and, and arrest the big wigs in crime and then there's the SANDF uh, intelligence. They they look externally. So we have the personnel. We have huge amounts of money going in. But how did we have the riots without anyone knowing being caught with their pants around their ankles? How, how do we have uh, the burning of the trucks? Endless burning destruction. And where are the arrests? Um, I've certainly not heard of, oh, the big kingpins that Becky Kelly was bragging about in terms of the July riots, no arrests made uh, in terms of the trucks burned. The only arrest I know that was made was a gentleman who was actually on camera in the one truck. And uh, I believe private security company caught him. So uh, I fear our our SAPS crime intelligence and, and our state security agency are, and I'm not saying they're not great people inside, and very experienced people, but somehow things have not been working. You must please understand that the what was the Ministry of, of State Security of Intelligence um, has now been moved under the presidency, but that ministry, it, it has a revolving door. The ministers rarely last more than one year, um, and, and off they go. They're either, I mean, one is now working overseas, that was straight after the July riots, uh, others have been removed unceremoniously, especially ones who've really started to make a difference. The last one lasted a year. The new one, I haven't even seen her in this position yet. So I don't know that any of them have really come to grips with it. But the the outcomes of the various commissions and panels, I think, explain everything about what's gone wrong and what continues to go wrong within these various agencies. What is the role of the joint Standing Committee on Intelligence, exactly. Yeah, the the we do oversight, and bear in mind we we meet in secret. We one's not allowed to have any kind of electronic device. You take handwritten notes; they stay there. They stay in files within the building. So there is there's never, to my knowledge, been a leak of information out of the committee. Plenty in the papers from disgruntled members of various divisions. 
but but the committee is is very cautious about the the security of the country, and I think you know you, you tell one person something, it'll be spread in no time at all, and that could endanger lives somewhere. So it's it's an oversight role in terms of crime intelligence that falls under the police service, the defence intelligence under the SANDF, and of course the, of course the state security agency, and that's where. State security agencies where the major issues were, um, we don't yet know if they're still going on. There's always a feeling that things are going on behind one's back. But, uh, I mean, the revelations of the Fraser uh, PAN system, private uh, principal agent network, which basically was set up to stop any investigation into Jacob Zuma, uh, that that I mean, I've laid criminal charges. They just disappear. Nothing happens. He's never been picked up. I mean, in fact, he was just moved on to being the DG of of uh, Correctional Services, and now that has not been renewed. But there's no sign of of anything ever happening to him. Whether he knows too much about too many people, or whether he's just a Teflon person, I don't know. But it was as was revealed in the Zondo Commission. Hundreds of millions went missing, strolling out of the doors in suitcases. Uh, huge amounts of money uh, just simply disappeared, um, usually before big conferences or congresses. Um, and not one, not one cent of that has been recovered at any stage. So this committee, it, I think it used to be totally dysfunctional. Um, they barely met, etc. Now, since this term and when I join, we, we meet at least twice a week um, for five to six hours a time. So we feel we're on top of things, but getting things done is always quite tricky. We have at least, we've appointed the, the Inspector General of Intelligence that, that was all done in public and all the interviews done uh, in public. And I thought that was a, a very successful move, um, but it, it is extremely difficult to do the work and do the work, and then at times you feel that it's being deliberately undermined in that many of the members, although the three DA members are, are very good at always attending, um, unfortunately, and the only other party who participates ANC. Unfortunately, they're, they're so often senior members who, who have other responsibilities, so they can't attend. And that, that's a crying shame because it ends up where you have uh, a, a big contingent of members from one or other of the divisions arriving and, uh, and all the questioning and grilling, etc., is left to very few people. So it's not being as effective as it should be. And no, and such you know, there's always the question, is that deliberate? Is it deliberate? Is it to keep people from from doing a credible oversight? Um and one being in the committee, you don't want to believe that's a possibility, but it's quite disheartening when you realise that things are happening that you actually are deliberately kept in the dark about. Let's go to crime intelligence, the police is crime intelligence. Uh-huh. We've well, seen uh, yeah. that, uh, that uh, 
at a conservative estimate, 155 billion a year is being leached from the South African economy by these crime bosses. Yet I can't recall when last an organized crime syndicate leader was arrested. Can you? No. Um, I thought crime intelligence was doing really well under General Peter Jacobs. Uh, I, I started to see that, that all the looting channels were being shut down. Uh, things were coming under, under control and the arrests were beginning. And uh, he was very strangely removed just before the July riots. And all sorts of charges were laid. Not one of them ever held any water. And he's now been dumped somewhere else altogether in the Secretariat or some division. Um, but since then, it's been catastrophic. There's been nothing. There's been a complete lack of vision. Um, I believe there's political interference bad management, bad coordination, um, it, crime intelligence has just collapsed, which is why you've got an increase now in cash and transit heists and the like. Um, they were almost on top of those, and those were going down. Things were happening. And if you look at the latest crime stats, I think it speaks for itself. Um, through the roof. Through the roof. Uh, you know, in any... Any other acceptable country, I think the, the, the Minister of Police would have fallen on his sword years ago. Um, I think the excuses, time for excuses is well over. And the fact that people just don't feel safe in their homes anymore. And uh, if, if they have the money to pay for private security, those are the people they'll phone. They won't even bother to phone the local police station, who very seldom answers the phone. I've done tests of many police stations. And the vast majority don't answer their phone. The details on the internet are wrong. Uh, you might as well not have a police service in many areas. I mean, when did you last see a police vehicle uh, patrolling in your area? I've asked many, many people that, and they just go, uh, I can't remember. So you know, billions of, of rands going into entities that just seem not to be effective, and certainly crime intelligence is is absolutely one of them. Look, I think defense intelligence, they're, they're a different kettle of fish. They're on the ball, on top of things. Um, they're very impressive in presentations, etc. But of course, you know, their budget's been cut to such an extent that I'm watching these people, the, the burdens on them, one, one feels they're going to just collapse in the end. Uh, it, it is absolutely horrific as they refuse to to be allowed to fill any of the of the positions that come vacant. They just pile that workload on more and more and more on on individuals, and it's not doing this country any good at all. The fact that we had that tragedy with the submarine, there are so many issues that have that have come to light that could have been prevented with with decent financial backing um, and they they really try very hard I think the two the two biggest problems are crime intelligence and the state security agency now we know there's a complex relationship between organized crime syndicates intelligence assets and corruption uh, many crime bosses are allowed to operate with impunity because they provide intelligence to state security organizations well Ask anyone 
um, who who sits on a CPF, um, the, the community policing forum, and they'll say, well, the locals came to me. They said we're quite sure they're selling drugs from X house, X area, um, and so we asked the local police to raid that house. And oddly enough, the moment they got there, the place was empty. Um, I can give you chapter and verse of dozens and dozens of cases like that. And so you know that the police have tipped off uh, the the people in charge of that particular um, production house or, or outlet. And we've, we hear more and more often of massive, shall we call them laboratories, producing the cocaines, et cetera, et cetera, in high quality, very expensive, um, gated estates uh, in Mshlanga, uh, up the coast, down the coast, uh, in the Midlands, in gated estates. And then no one pays any attention to any other neighbor behind their tall walls. No one realizes what's going on there until finally it, it's found. And they pick up a handful of them. And you must realize if they've caught one in a year, it means there are another 50 producing uh, to the extent we're, we're net exporters of, of some of these deadly drugs. So I think the, the rot it runs so deep now. Um, bear in mind that the, the requirements from getting into the police have been downgraded to such a level. There's no psychometric testing anymore. Um, you could you could take in someone with a major problem who 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 may well end up turning their gun on someone else, um, but the, none of that is checked anymore. So it, it was a fight with unions, it's, as it is a fight with that they've stopped even the weekly exercise regime, which which was standard practice in the SAPS. So all all of that has white anted. Uh, the the discipline levels and the levels of integrity within the SAPs and when when people speak now they they speak automatically of oh well they just uh, said they would give me a ten thousand rand fine or they would chuck me in a jail cell if I didn't pay them five hundred rand and people pay and they drive off um, it it's it's almost endemic and uh, absolutely nothing is being done about it nothing zero zilch. Now we've also got uh, the General Intelligence Laws Amendment Bill coming up. Yes, uh, with some very controversial uh, provisions. Mainly we talk about. Yes. Um, look, this bill, and I have to tell you, we have been attempting to to deal with this bill for as long as I've been on the committee this term. Um, we got so frustrated as a committee, we announced we were going to do a committee bill. Because your biggest problem was created in the Fraser era when um, the, the uh, international and the domestic entities were simply shoved together and they only had one aim and that was protect Jacob Zuma. That was it. And that's all being revealed in the high-level review panel report. And so uh, the law has to be changed to divide them up so that they're behaving, they're, they're acting legally. Um, and... Eventually, uh, our suggestions were all chucked out, and through cabinet came this proposal. 
um, which is quite extraordinary. I mean, it, it goes so far as to allow uh, or insist on vetting of civilians. Um, NGOs seem to be in the firing line. Uh, it ignores the Amabungane judgment about the mass interceptions. So, so there are there are huge issues in this. But do remember that when bills are put together, uh, what what is eventually passed is is usually nothing nothing like that. Um, hopefully. Um, but I mean, we the initial GLAB General Intelligence um, legislation was passed in 2012. So then the review panel recommendations were were fix it up, change it, and this now again splits the state security agency into two: intelligence, domestic, and international. Again, foreign, um, and. You know, the general idea is it'll be harder to centralize power or abuse their resources if there are two DGs uh, heading two separate intelligence agencies. But what's wrong with it? Um, Certainly, um, it expands their vetting powers in an extraordinary fashion, even to the extent they want to vet individuals who operate nonprofit organizations, religious organizations. And even private security companies, they want to vet them. I mean, uh, to to give those kind of powers over civilians and civilian, I mean, really, uh, church entities. So if our own intelligence agencies cannot be counted on to provide credible intelligence to the country, uh, what are we doing with intelligence provided by foreign intelligence agencies? That could be credible in some instances. Yeah, I think that that is a huge question to be asked. Um, certainly, I feel there is a uh, an issue with foreign intelligence not being sufficiently utilized or at least looked into in some way. And I see foreign intelligence agencies then suddenly uh, go to the media. And suddenly in the media, you'll have, uh, there are, as we saw, let's say a year ago, um, there are there are people in South Africa funding ISIS in Mozambique. Now, that was, that was the claim that was made um, by Americans, and yet we've seen no action in this regard. Whether, whether we don't have the ability to track those funds or whether it's being done and simply not told whether, but certainly I don't see any uh, possibility of, of arrests or anything else. And and it's not through lack of asking. So again, pretty much kept in the dark in this regard, but one does sense the frustration um, by credible agencies who, who give information Um and you can't tell me that's not happening in terms of crime intelligence, international and syndicates. There are global syndicates that work. And bear in mind these syndicates, which involve drug trafficking, uh, human trafficking, or the prostitution, etc. I mean, it's, it's an entire entity that works globally. They do not recognize borders. They have the biggest boats, the biggest cars, the biggest, the best planes, they fly under the radar, drop off, pick up, 
And it's an entire entity that is run around the world which the average person does not understand exists. Um, and if you're wondering how the drugs get onto the streets, how the children are disappearing, um, I've, I've seen personally trucks with special uh, little cubby holes put behind, built in behind the driver, and then they put in tons of goods. And meanwhile, in that cubicle behind the driver of, of five or six children tied up, drugged, and taken out the country and sold. So these things are going on all the time, and one just doesn't see the success rate um, at all. There, there are no scanners on our borders, which of course should be a standard procedure. And so the only way for someone to look into what's really in a truck is to offload the entire thing, which can take half a day. So it's not going to happen. So it's a, a rubber stamp exercise and the children are disappearing. Um, people are smuggled in, uh, goods are smuggled out. And, and where, where is our intelligence on this? Absolutely nowhere. So it's incredibly frustrating, and you, you just have to keep on asking, where are the hundreds of millions going to in terms of these various entities that don't seem to deliver when it comes to protecting South Africans from the worst of the worst? It's just not happening. Our, our status in terms of crime is now, I mean, it's disgusting. We're, we're rising up towards one of the worst crime-ridden countries in the world, and that is an absolute and utter disgrace. Um, only place I've actually seen crime levels coming down to any appreciable extent is in areas of, of around Cape Town where they have literally trained their own people, their own people on the ground who, who are now, because of visible policing, which we proved as a country is extremely effective, during the FIFA World Cup, if you remember, there were police on every street corner. There wasn't any crime at all during that period. Um, and that's what they're doing there. And it seems to be bringing the, the murder rate down dramatically. Why aren't we doing it elsewhere in the country? I have no idea. And I'm sick to death of politicians playing politics instead of just doing the damn job. Thank you. That was Diane Kuller-Barnard of the Democratic Alliance speaking to Biz News about the sorry state of South Africa's intelligence services. Thank you, Diane. My pleasure.